lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in here today. Live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace with Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin and all of you. At 888-900-3393. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program if you so desire. You may also uh, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash stevedace. Follow us on Twitter at Show. Yes, we are one of the newly minted 1 million now new users over at Parler. So that's P-A-R-L-E-R, by the way. I don't know what the Parler app is at P-A-R-L-O-R. I don't know. Some of you have emailed me and said, hey, I got the Parler app and you're not on there. Yeah, I don't I don't know what that is. But the Parler you're looking for is P-A-R-L-E-R, and I'm just at Steve Dace on there, right? It, and you got to be careful of that stuff nowadays. I remember 15, 20 years ago, I actually typed in Drudge Report when I was still going there. I typed in one letter wrong on Drudge Report, and let me just say what came up would have me on a Homeland Security watch list, if you know what I'm saying, right? Sure, yeah. And I think on Parler, it is important with your handle. It is just one word, Steve Dace. Yes, that could be it too. Yeah, Yeah. just one word, Steve Dace. That's it, all right? And, of course, YouTube.com slash Steve Dace is where you can go to get samples of this show that you can view for yourself for free and then share with others if you would like. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. We have a jam-packed Tuesday uh, coming up for for you today. Old friend of mine and a longtime movie producer, Jason Jones, is going to join us. He's got a brand new documentary out about the divided United States with Benjamin Watson, former NFL star. I think he might still be in the league or just retired and talking about a bridge, the racial divide. And that's going to be our pop culture Tuesday coming up at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, we're going to play our weekly game of fake news or not. And then I am going to offer a, a, a modest proposal next hour. And I've gotten a couple of emails about this and I think it is time to find out once and for all if masks are the panacea that we are being sold. So I'm going to offer a modest proposal next hour, and it goes a little bit like this. In the month of July, we will consent as a people. We will consent to masks in exchange for everything being open then. Every restaurant every bar, every church, every movie theater, every event, open. Every amusement park, open the whole country up. If masks really are more than a virtue signal, if they're more than that, if this is really the solution we are being sold, okay, I I just, I want my country back. I want my way of life back. I'm losing my mind. So for July, we consent in exchange, open everything up. And then let's see what the data shows. Let's see. But open everything up. You can't have it both ways, right? Like if you want me to wear a seatbelt, you can't tell me I can't drive any faster than 25 miles an hour and only a few hours a day. And there can only be so many cars on the road. I'll wear a seatbelt, fine. Provided I can drive 65, 75 miles per hour and I can drive whenever I want then. Has to be some give and take here then. It's similar to Todd's long-standing proposal on the life issue. Fine. We ban every abortion except those with rape, incest, and life in the mother. Let's vote now. Okay. 
similarly, if the mask is everything that you, some of you, are claiming it is, I'm fine. Let's find out. And I think I'm, I'm meeting you more than halfway. Open everything up then. Every amusement park, every theater, everything is open. And we just wear masks. And let's see where we're at in the end of July. We'll get into that next hour. But before all of that fun and frivolity, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the Babylon Bee. We can't just overturn precedent, says Supreme Court Justice of Nation where slavery was once legal. Yes, that was Chief Justice John Roberts' general sentiment yesterday as he cast the deciding vote on a Supreme Court ruling against a Louisiana law requiring abortionists to have admitting privileges at local hospitals. The court thought this law was unconstitutional based on the extra-constitutional faux principle called stare decisis. Vice President Mike Pence tweets, After today's disappointing decision by SCOTUS, one thing is clear. We need more conservative justices on the U.S. Supreme Court. Hashtag four more years. Dr. Anthony Fauci has some thoughts on mask wearing when the cameras are on versus when they're off. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy has paused his state's reopening plan after a supposed spike in cases of the Wuhan coronavirus in his state. Quote, we had planned to loosen restrictions this week. However, after hashtag COVID-19 spikes in other states driven by, in part, the return of indoor dining, we have decided to postpone indoor dining indefinitely. Los Angeles County has announced they're banning fireworks displays for Independence Day this weekend and are closing down all beaches because of the threat of the coronavirus. New research from the Karolinska Institute in Sweden claims many people with mild or asymptomatic cases of COVID-19 demonstrated so-called T-cell-mediated immunity to fight off the virus before antibodies could even be generated. Research claims this means an even higher factor of public immunity than even antibody tests indicate. Another two people were shot inside Seattle's Black Lives Matter Autonomous Zone. Both who were shot were teenagers. Police Chief Carmen Best was heckled by the mob when she addressed the situation. Two African-American men dead at a place where they claim to be working for Black Lives Matter. Well, I absolutely think that the fact that that is so rude. This is what I'm talking about. This kind of behavior is irrational and unacceptable. In the war zone known as Detroit, the following scene played out recently. What we're watching is a truck being mobbed by Black Lives Matter rioters before someone starts shooting at the truck. Just kidding, that was in Provo, Utah. L'Oreal will be removing the term whitening from its skincare products because racism. The official Twitter account of the Democratic Party tweeted and then deleted, quote, Trump has disrespected Native communities time and again. He's attempted to limit their voting rights and blocked critical pandemic relief. Now he's holding a rally glorifying white supremacy at Mount Rushmore, a region once sacred to tribal communities. Remember the gun-toting couple from St. Louis who came out of their mansion to confront Black Lives Matter provocateurs over the weekend? Yeah, they're actually Black Lives Matter supporters, Democrats, and they released a statement saying they support the message of the protesters and their reaction drawing their guns were, quote, born solely out of fear and apprehension, the genesis of which was not race-related. Tucker Carlson confronted Republican Senator Mike Braun on why Congress's focus has been on so-called police reform instead of, you know, stopping those riots. What about, believe, are you making it easier for business owners to sue the mob for burning their businesses down? I haven't noticed that bill coming out of the Senate. 
Hey, if we're not in the discussion, Tucker, we're going to be on the sidelines like we are on so many issues as conservatives because we fail to engage and they run circles around okay. us in the end run. You think you're going to keep the Senate in the fall on this platform? I think we're going to keep the Senate if we uh, at least are willing to engage in issues. Yeah, when I, you I get involved in the issue, issue, I don't think the public supports you at all on this. I'm, I'm, with I respect, think, I just don't. And finally, comedian Tim Dillon has his take on what dining out is like after the lockdowns. The chicken here is insane. I just want to let you know your entrees are on the way, and I don't want to alarm anyone, but the first floor of the restaurant has been commandeered by protesters and is being used as a space for organizing. In addition, part of the restaurant is currently on fire, and I have been tested positive for COVID-19. Again, not to worry, your food is still on the way, and your new server will be out with you shortly, okay? Thank you not so much. Worry. Thank you very much. Thank You're you. welcome. Thank you so much. This place is good. Yeah, I told you it's yeah. good. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Home Title Lock. Um, there's always trade-offs, so maybe you're enjoying the convenience of being able to do everything from home while you're being quarantined against your will. Uh, but uh, that also means we're online more than ever before, which also means that our data is exposed more than ever before because we're working, banking, video conferencing, meal delivery, shopping. All of that data is there for cyber thieves, and even if they can't steal your identity, here's what they're looking for. Uh, they're looking for things that they can say or find that claim that they are you. And then they go online where your home's title is kept and then use that information to log into these sites or sign in as you and then claim you sold your home to them so they can liquidate all your equity and then stick you with the payments, maybe the eviction notices. The FBI is warning about this. They call it home title fraud. And that's where home title lock comes in uh, because your homeowner's insurance, your bank, uh, they will not and cannot protect you from this. But for pennies a day, Home Title Lock will put a virtual barrier around your home's title to defend and protect your most important investment. And right now, you can go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address to see if you've already been a victim and don't even know it. And then while you're there, use the code Steve to get 30 free days of protection. 30 free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that is HomeTitleLock.com. Coming up in the overtime today, I keep getting asked, what are the solutions to this, Steve? And I, and I, I, the solutions are pretty simple. You just have to refuse to go along with things that are bad and evil. That's the solution. Do, you know, do justice, walk humbly with your God. I mean, just that, that, everybody wants a process. And that's because we're still acting like these institutions are in our favor. And in a moment, I'm going to tell you why the Supreme Court victory today is not one. I'm going to explain this to you, okay? But I didn't want to tweet about it because it would get totally taken out of context in, in one tweet. So I've got to take a few minutes to explain why your win today was not a win, okay? But there is still one thing, and, a, and one of our viewers asked me about it today. And I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to answer his question in the overtime. There's one civic instrument left remaining and that is all in my opinion there is one civic instrument one tool standing between us and national divorce and it's what the founders referred to as the doctrine of the lesser magistrate i'm going to explain that and why i think that's all that's standing between us and national divorce in the overtime today blaze tv.com slash dace 
is how you can go there and subscribe if you're not already a Blaze TV subscriber and get today's overtime for a discounted price at blazetv.com slash dace. Why am I putting it in the overtime and not here on the quote-unquote free show? Because um, explaining to you what this really does may get me banned from every social media platform and my company here may not like that. So I'm going to put it on the subscriber feed instead rather than have it put out there for the general population to be taken totally out of context. Okay? That's why. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. If you've never subscribed to Blaze TV, today's a pretty good day to do it. Okay? And if you're already a subscriber, you can go to BlazeTV.com slash Dace to watch that overtime later today. All right, let's let's get to what's in Aaron's montage. And let, let's start with what happened at the Supreme Court today. Notice the order, Lemony Snicket. Let, let's look at the series of unfortunate events. A week ago at this time, what did the Supreme Court do to religious liberty? They destroyed it. They, they enacted essentially the, the Roe v. Wade of the Rainbow Jihad. They, they gave them by court fiat what is known as ENDA, an Employment Non-Discrimination Act. And if you would have asked any Rainbow Jihadist, would they rather have this or quote-unquote <clears throat> marriage, which the vast majority of same-sex attracted people will never get married anyway, if you look at the numbers. But if, if you were to ask them the activist class, I'm not talking about people that might just want to live a lifestyle that I find and you, many of you find sinful, but we're all sinners at the same time. I Meaning they're not necessarily trying to use the system to get so much validation for their sin that it takes away your freedom and liberty. I'm talking about the hardcore activist when I say the rainbow jihad, right? If you were to go to those activists and said, hey, we, we fast forwarded to the last page of After the Ball, and if you don't know what that is, you should all be reading it. It's prophecy. It's where you're at now, and it's 30 years old. But if we fast forward to the last page of After the Ball, and you had your choice between marriage and you are now a protected class based on your sexual behavior, which would you have? Todd, which do you think the activist would rather have? Uh, we've talked about the gosh. You talked about this years ago on the yep. show, but it was it was uh, Enda. They'd much rather have the Enda. Much rather. Because if they have that, then all of your religious liberty is now defined. It all is. And it all now is. It all now is. And that's what the court did last week with the majority of GOP Supreme Court nominees, including <clears throat> Bud Gorsuch. And so now, fast forward a week later. Now they want to give you this big victory that government cannot discriminate from religious schools when it comes to, um, you know, grants or um, waivers or funding. If you want to take your kid out of a public school and put him in a private school, they can't do that, right? And so I am supposed to, I mean, looking at uh, my script sheet here, what I'm supposed to do is tell you that this is a reason why you need to vote Republican for good judges. The truth of the matter is, it's the, 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 and, and this is my own reading and opinion, and I've probably done more work on legal theory and conservatism than almost anybody in all of conservative media not named Mark Levin has the last 10 years. And one of the reasons why, because me, my show, was the tip of the, of, the, of the spear when we went after the judges in Iowa and were still the only state in the history of this union to, by popular referendum, fire Supreme Court justices, not for turpitude or mouth, but because of the malfeasance of their opinions. 
no state's ever done that before. And my show where it was essentially, we were the Air Force, the Navy SEALs of that. We went in and cleared out the brush so that the organizations like the one Bob Vanderplatz runs could go in there and then win the election. Did that I, really happen ten, like 10 years ago? It was Did 10 that years really ago. happen? But I've had all these arguments. I've debated Supreme Court justices. I've done it all. I've done it all. I know all their, I know all their theories. I used to clerk at a law firm, so I even know a generic um, knowledge of their own lexicon and vocabulary. Here's the problem. Now that we have defined how you want to let your freak flag fly as a civil right. Well, we haven't. The court has. But since we don't believe in things like the doctrine of the lesser magistrate anymore, we're all just going to ankle grab and assume the position for literally anything the court says. And what was Mike Pence tweeted out after the bad abortion ruling yesterday? After, uh, imagine the cognitive dissonance of this. It's, it's like self-parody. A majority court of a GOP-appointed justices with the GOP-appointed chief justice rules against the sanctity of life. And the answer is, that's why we need more conservative justices? I mean, what do you, what do, you do? At some point, you're mentally ill. You're insane. Or you're just this dishonest. You're just this buried in, an, in a level of idolatry that you just can't help yourself. Because you just can't think clearly. We just had the GOP appointed chief justice knife us on the life issue. And the answer is we need more conservative justices. How does anybody in their right mind come to that conclusion? Either you're just so drunk on idolatry. You just don't want to let the scam go. Or you're insane. You're insane. So, we've already defined how I want to let my freak flag fly as a civil right. Which means, somebody comes in, an employee shows up at your job, your company, one day, and says, you know what, um, I, I want you to pay for me to castrate myself with my health, my employee and, and benefit plan. And you're like, I'm not doing that, it's insane. Not, yeah, you are. You're damn right you are. And it doesn't matter how many Bible verses you know or how many uh, chromosomal studies you've ever read, you will. You're, you're, you know, I mean, the new motto of America, it's like, it's like the landlord in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man uh, films. Rent, 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 you pay, you pay, you pay, you pay, you pay. You pay for everything. And you can't say no. Well, I mean, you could, but you won't. <laughs> But you could say no, but you won't because, you know, you might face consequences for that. So you'll just go along with it anyway. At least that's what I see in the news every day is you will pay. You'll just do it. Okay. So now that this has been established, the government is going to say to the religious schools that do not want to accept the new morality, you're bigots, you're violating our, our EEOC, you're violating our civil order, the civil rights of the state, and that's why you're disqualified. You already lost. You're not getting this money anyway. 
This is a nothing. This is a nothing. This is this is like the court ruling that murdering people with your name is okay. And then a week later saying, really, we've thought it over and you really can't slap somebody with your name. I mean, they can murder you. What does it matter? What's the matter if they can slap you around or not? Do you know what it matters? I do not. It doesn't matter if they can slap you around or not. And they banned slapping you. They banned slapping people named Steve after they said it was okay to murder people named Steve. I guess I can count. If that's not the ultimate Team GOP definition of victory, I don't know what is. If that is not the, the final nail in the coffin of whatever the hell this movement is. Well, Steve, what about November? What about, no- what about June? I'm getting everything in June you told me would happen if Joe Biden won in November. I'm getting it right now. Well, Trump has to win. We lose America. Well, what's he doing now? What is he doing right now? Do you know what he's doing right now? Uh, nothing. At, I don't know what he's doing at now. Best. What is he doing now? Provo, Utah. Really? Don't you guys have a Republican governor there? Let me guess. <clears throat> he's powerless because the liberal Salt Lake City media won't let him do anything. Right? 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 How many times did you call your local conservative host in Provo and Salt Lake City with that lie? The jig is up, folks. The scam is up. Everything people like me have been warning you was going to happen if we didn't push back on this when we had the when we had the numbers is now all here. Somebody sent me an email today. Hey, my understanding is there's going to be a class action lawsuit of bar owners in Texas against Governor Abbott. Cool. What there needs to be is mass defiance of bar owners in Texas against Governor Abbott. Can't arrest y'all. How do you think the other side got where they're at? This is what they did. They actually used civil disobedience out of the Judeo-Christian tradition. Married it to Saul Alinsky mobocracy tactics and ran us over. That's what they did. And now they control all these institutions and you think you're going to win at them? You're going to get a fair shake at them? Come on, man. Come on. You're like that one Quaker in Pennsylvania that that wants to cling to his pacifism that tells the Continental Congress, you know, I think we should try to send one more envoy to King George III. Maybe. That Mike Braun there in Indiana, did you hear that little smirk on Fox News last night when Tucker asked him, well, what about, I mean, is there consequences on the other side of the issue? <laughs> of course not. I don't care what his liberty score is. I don't care what, I don't care if you live in Indiana. I hope you got a good look at his face. Because that guy will, sh- when, when, when they come for you, he'll lead them to your home. He'll show them where you live. And he'll, he'll stand out on the side t- sidewalk. Tis, tis, this is, it's really sad that it came to this. If only you'd have done what I did and assumed the position. You're going to have to do this yourself. Self-government begins with the self. You're going to have to defy all of these things. I tell you, if you lived in New Jersey where your governor is putting you back into lockdown because of what's already what's happening in other states, I tell you to move to a place like Texas, but they got a mangina governor there too, so there's no point to that. Just open your, open your restaurant up in New Jersey today. Right now. 
Uh, you know, the irony is that was one of the original 13 colonies where they refused to comply with these things. Battle of Trenton was a very important battle in the Revolutionary War. But I guess you guys can just email my show instead and complain. I mean, it's not necessarily the stuff of lives, fortunes, and sacred honors. But, you know, as long as you guys vary the fonts that you send with me, I'm a big font guy. I like to see a diversity of fonts. I just kind of do. I'm into that. Then it's cool. Hey, 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 son, I, I sent this email to Steve Day Show, an Algerian uh, hiss font. I'm really mad. Of course, your country's over, and we're going to hand you over to, you know, leftists. But I got really mad and emailed the show once. So cool. Folks, this thing we're going to celebrate this weekend, how did we get here? Sternly worded letters? Blogs? What, what, how did you think they made this happen, guys? What did you think they did? Do you think they believed when they signed off on the Declaration of Independence, King George was going to be like, you know, I, I've never really thought of this that way before. So the country's all yours. No, no. Shots had already been fired like a year before they, they signed off on that, folks. They were already at war. Lexington and Concord was in 1775. They, they knew full well what the, this was just confirming what they already knew was going to go down. What did we, what did you, how do, how do you think they got here? They won a vote at the House of, of Burgesses in, in Virginia? Parliament stood up to the king in, in, in London? No, they, no they, they, they found the one barrister. The one can, I know what happened. They got a conservative barrister appointed in, 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 the, in, in England. And, and he, he put a universal injunction out that the colonies are now free. How did we as a people get here? I, if, you're, if you closed your business in Texas today, and if you're, if you're in Houston, Texas, and you closed your business today after watching the Floyd funeral in your streets last week or two. I can't help you. Don't email me. In fact, we're not the show for you. You're beyond help. You, you should become a Democrat now before they run out of spots. Before, when the music stops playing, make sure you've got a seat to sit in. Cut your deal now. If your response to watching civil unrest and mass spreader events in your streets a couple of weeks ago is, well, I really think that's why I should go out of business and my family should lose my income now. I can't help you. And you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to help you. I don't. I'm not on your side. I'm not. And I don't care about your lawsuit. I don't. Who cares? I don't. Where are the men who own all these bars? Instead, we got one chick in Dallas who owns a hair salon. She brought the system to its freaking knees, man. Remember her? Of course. One chick did. Well, Where are the men who own all these bars and all these restaurants that are going to have to shut down? And that's why I remember her, because it was just one yeah. chick. There's nobody. So, no, I'm not on your side. And, 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 don't, and, and, and go away. I don't have time for you. I, I don't have time for that. I can't help you. I can't. 
I mean, if your, your response is just to sit there because the Republican governor told you to, and or in Arizona, the same thing. So you've got to shutter your business. You can't have your daughter's wedding in Arizona because positive cases are coming over from Mexico by the floodgates. And you're going to you're going to consent to that. Then I can't do anything with that. There's nothing I can do. Nothing I can say. That's on you, man. That's all on you. At some point, this becomes a you problem, a you problem. So I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I, I mean, I can't help you more than you're willing to help yourselves. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts? Well, this is what I meant yesterday. I, I, I felt guilty after the show yesterday when I was talking about not having the right words when I said this country is lost. Uh, we have no high ground. We, there, we, this isn't America anymore. That high ground has been given over. We need to go reclaim it. It's really not more complicated than that. America is it's a broken arrow. Pop Culture Tuesday is next. Buying or selling a home in any market can be a challenge, can be a stressor, especially if you're doing the old double play. I did that uh, the last time, my last go around, which was 14 years ago, but I can remember it like it was yesterday because selling the home you're in while trying to buy the next one you want to have, that that puts some strain uh, on your living, uh, especially or even if you have a really good agent. And we did. I, I still see my agent, uh, Scott, here around town where we live. He lives in the same neighborhood, see each other at youth sporting events. Um, I still recommend him to people because he did such a great job for us 14 years ago. When you find a real estate agent that you can trust, the odds of this process working out the way that you want it to uh, and, and with the success that you're hoping for just goes up a lot higher. And that's why you want to check out uh, the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Go find your own agent, Scott, like uh, like we were fortunate to find 14 years ago. Uh, because you want an agent that when you decide to go into the real estate market, you want to make sure you have an agent that goes all in for you all the way to the end. One that you can trust. And we can't make it any simpler than calling it that, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's where you want to go. Go to that website realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, somebody else I trust joins us now, an old friend of mine, uh, Jason Jones, activist, uh, movie producer. Good to see you, brother. How you been? It's been a while. It's good to see you, Steve. And uh, that was a good ad. I'm in the middle of selling my home right now and moving to Texas from Hawaii. So. I don't know. Uh, the, the, the governor of Texas has decided to fall for panic porn, it appears. So you might want to just stay put. Uh, if you're going to have panic porn ridden government, at least you'll have it there with less humidity. Uh, than what you would have in Texas, but I digress. Um, you're working on a feature right now with Ben Watson, NFL star, who's become a lot more outspoken on political issues on on various sides of the aisle, particularly the pro-life cause, but he's been outspoken as well on what's been going on with race relations in America. You're working on a feature with him right now. Tell us about it. 
Yeah, Benjamin Watson is definitely not a guy that you can put into a box, and he'll often surprise you. But it is a privilege to work with him. We have a new documentary, Divided Hearts of America, that looks at the abortion issue. And we come to understand that really what has always divided America has been our failure to live up to our founding principle. First with slavery, then with segregation, and now with abortion. And Benjamin interviews everyone from uh, some of the founders of hip hop music on the streets of New York to Ben Carson and and Senator Scott. We're hoping to be in uh, over a thousand theaters this October. And as you know, Steve, my hope is always to thrust the conversation about how we've abandoned women and the child in the womb from legal protection from the violence of abortion. And that's the goal of this film. I love the premise that the worst days of America have been when we've abandoned our founding principle. I, I go back to our own founding as a country. This, the issue of slavery was hotly debated. Even amongst the founders, it threatened to stop the country from even being forged. And they eventually had to get to a point where they agreed to kind of kick the can down the road for future generations to determine it. And they ultimately, though, left us, regardless of which side of the aisle on that issue they, that they were on, they left us a system, though, that when we utilized it, I think that's, the, that's the, one of the geniuses of America, Jason, is that we have a system that allows us in future generations to right wrongs of the previous one, right? That those freedoms and liberties and checks and balances, those processes exist. And I think the reason that so many people feel as if this thing is coming apart at the seams is because... Collectively, A, the country's lost faith in those institutions to, to do that anymore. And then B, you feel as if when you when you do put trust in those institutions, um, I voted for pro-life presidents for 40 years. 21 of the last 28 Supreme Court justices were Republican appointees. And yet, again last week, majority appointed Republican Supreme Court, including the Chief Justice, votes against the sanctity of life, votes against you on virtually every issue. And you start thinking to yourself, well, if, if it's almost like my vote doesn't even matter then. It, 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 if, if I can't use any, and then the Republican governor of Utah will just, you know, let rioting go on and, and nobody does anything. There's a, a lot of people are feeling as if what is the point of these institutions if A, I can't trust them or B, they can only now be used against me. Yeah, I think of George, I feel that way. Of course, I think we all feel that way, especially after yesterday. I've been fighting, uh, this pro-life battle since I was a 17-year-old infantryman and my high school girlfriend's, I was in basic training and my high school girlfriend's father beat her up and forced her to have an abortion while I was away at basic training. And so for 31 years, I have thoughtfully been working, ordering my life to defend the child in the womb from the violence of abortion. And so a day after, a day like yesterday uh, can make me feel that way. But then I reflect on John Adams, John Quincy Adams, George Mason, some of these founding fathers who were you know, abolitionists before we were a country and how they felt. And we just have to keep our nose to the grindstone. We have to work thoughtfully. And like you, I made a decision after gra after graduating from college. Did I want to go to law school or did I want to get involved in media? And I felt that the, the surer path to advance uh, the dignity of the human person was in media. And so that's something that gives me comfort. I can continue to make movies. I can continue with my podcast. I can continue to write articles and work to change the culture. Like our movie, Bella, over a thousand women wrote us letters saying they saw that film, were scheduled to have an abortion and canceled that abortion. So I, too, feel despair. I remember when Leonard Leo and the Federalist Society 
were telling us John Roberts' wife is pro-life and he goes to, you know, spiritual direction with this priest. And so we can trust him. And so uh, when we feel betrayed like we did yesterday, which wasn't even an anti-abortion mm-hmm. law. I know. It was just a law that gave poor women some sense of respect and dignity that they would have the same sorts of doctors that are quote unquote doctors uh, as somebody going in to get an abortion in Beverly Hills. So where the Supreme Court abandons, and that's what happens, right? You can't keep abortion locked in the box. That denies, brutally denies the dignity of the child in the womb. And we saw yesterday the Supreme Court brutally denied not only the dignity of the child in the womb, but the dignity of, of poor women that live in Katrina Jackson, a Democrat, a black Democrat senator wrote that bill, state senator, she was a state rep at the time, wrote that bill to protect her constituents. And the Supreme Court turned their back on those poor and vulnerable women uh, in districts like Katrina Jackson's district yesterday. And so I get that sometimes we can have moments of despair and that's fine. I like those moments as almost a spiritual exercise to develop empathy and fortitude and uh, we can feel that, but know that uh, working to make our country consistent with our founding principle is not a task of a year or two years, but it's a commitment for a lifetime. We will never succeed. We just hope to pass our republic on to our posterity a little, little better than we found it. In years like this year, uh, you know, maybe we feel pessimistic, but we should always be hopeful and always work hard. Having somebody like Ben, Ben Watson, willing to use his celebrity to cross some political picket lines gives him an avenue to have conversations with people. And it's not just that he's black, but it's his celebrity status and a lot of other things as, a, as an accomplished NFL player. It just gives him an avenue, an, an entry port to, to have conversations with people that if you don't have those things going for you, you might be less inclined to listen to what they have to say, right? So as you're producing this film and and seeing what some of the conversations that, that of, of unique people that Ben is having, what stands out to you as as they're being asked to look at this issue maybe in ways they never have before? Yeah, one of um, what really stands out to me is we interviewed the senators in New York City who introduced the bill to have abortion, have the New York, have New York protect abortion up to the moment of birth. And I didn't want my facial expressions to betray sort of um, the line of gesture of this film. So I was hiding behind the lights, behind the shades. And just to listen to that conversation that Benjamin Watson had, for example, with Senator Kruger was really unbelievable because he has a sense of humor. He has a kindness. He has a fearlessness and an honesty that beyond, yes, his celebrity is what opens the doors, but what's going to make this movie, and we're still in the finals, uh, we're working on the final cut now. It's it's already the most powerful pro-life documentary I've I've ever seen. And what really makes it so powerful is Benjamin Watson's ability to have these really honest conversations and ask the right question at the right time in a very charming way. No No one's guard is ever up. And our goal with this film was to be as respectful to the people on both sides of the aisle, to treat them with equal respect, that our lighting, our camera angles, we wouldn't do anything sneaky. You know how document, you know sure. how these documentarians do it. Yep. We were going to honor the dignity of every subject. And, with and the then ultimately lighting, they rise and fall on their own with their own words, what they say in that setting, right? 
That's right. Yeah. We wanted them to give their best foot forward. We didn't want to uh, misrepresent them or set up straw men because we know that, you know, the most obvious thing in the world, I was an atheist till I was 30. And when I eventually became a Christian is because it was this problem I was grappling with. What is the source of the self-evident dignity and beauty of the human person? Hmm. It's, it's, you can't deny it. C.S. Lewis said that God actually had to give us some sort of um, filter not to understand how beautiful the human person is because we couldn't walk down the street. We would drop to our knees in awe at every human being we saw. But even with that filter, there is this self-evident dignity that our founding fathers built our republic on. We're the only country founded on anthropology. We're a republic. We're the only nation in the history of the world explicitly grounded on a vision of the human person. That's true. And so, we, yeah, we, can, we want them to present their, their best argument because we know it falls. We know that the self-evident beauty and dignity of the human person wins every time uh, in the long run. And that's the goal of this film. You know, it also has a lot to do with race. And we never could have imagined that our film, Divided Hearts of America, would be introduced into, since the 60s and maybe even earlier, the most divisive time, one of the most divisive times in the history of our republic. What's the way out here, Jason? Well, I ask myself that every morning. Hi, I have seven children, two grandchildren. How do I order my life to be useful for my grandchildren and posterity? And I think it's very simple. The first and most simple thing we can do is in, is, is in what we do, how we live our life, how we communicate, the projects we choose to do in our work, that we tell the truth about the human person and we treat human beings as they should be treated as creatures made in the image of God. Every human being is the most beautiful and precious thing in the created universe. And I think that's the way out. Right now, there is this violent mimetic contagion that is inflaming all of us. When I, as a Roman Catholic, see a statue of Unipersera being pulled down, I can tell you what, inside of me uh, comes all sorts of uh, emotions and thoughts. And we can look at those, we can feel those, but we have to hold on with white knuckles and not be swept away by this mimetic contagion to love our neighbor and love God. And we've never really had a more beautiful opportunity as Christians to live out our vocation. Now is the chance. Now, this is what I've been telling folks. We hear Christians say, Steve, you and I have been friends for a long time. We've been at a lot of rallies together where, um, 100,000 people in a huge stadium filled to the brim, and there's a pastor on stage that says, we were made for such a time as this. And I always kind of chuckled, really? This is kind of an easy time to be made. We're all here happy, buying <laughs> CDs and books and drinking coffee. No, we as Christians were made for such a time as this. When you are alone, people are despairing, they're confused, they're lost. Now is the, our opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And to me, I know this is probably a political show, but the way out of this has always been and will always be the gospel of Jesus Christ. Agreed. Our audience and is used to hearing revival or bust, believe me. They, they hear that okay. from my lips enough, yes. I, I love it, and yeah. I get in trouble on some shows. And then, then what Francis Schaeffer called the, the pre-gospel, and that is the, 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 the gospel of life. You know, what, what to me has been the most beautiful thing when I see friends going from being pro-abortion to being pro-life is not how it changes their position on abortion. It changes their position on every single thing. Mm -hmm. 
it changes how they see themselves, how they see their spouse, how they see their neighbor. And so the gospel of life, which we know because of the incarnation of the second person of the Trinity, and the gospel of Jesus Christ in its fullness is the way out. And so we as Christians, we have to resist the temptation to be unjust, to be cruel, to be vicious. Doesn't mean we kowtow, doesn't mean we fall over, doesn't mean we let them pull down our monuments or break our churches. No, that must not be allowed. Um, But we have to be vigilant, thoughtful, kind and godly and all of that. And I I don't know about you, Steve, but I have a lot of ungodly thoughts (laughs) lately. I've had a few, Reese, as of of late. You bet I have. (laughs) Yes. All right, brother, how can can our audience uh, keep track of where you're at with this film and when it comes out? So you can go to our website, movie2movement.com. That's movie, T-O, movement.com. Follow us on Facebook. We'll give you updates. We want to open in over a 1,000 theaters. Our goal is to partner with as many pregnancy centers, pro-life organizations as possible to build fundraising events around our theatrical release. With the short film I made with Justin Bieber's mother, Crescendo, uh, it was a short film in German. We did a theatrical release of that, and we raised $6 million for pregnancy centers and women's shelters. And my goal with Divided Hearts of America is two. First and foremost, that we unite America around the vision of the human person that our founders clearly clearly saw, the incomparable dignity and beauty of all people. And two, that we really help those organizations that stand with the most vulnerable members of our community, women in pregnancy crisis pregnancies, our pregnancy centers, and then those organizations that fight for the dignity of the child and pro-life groups. I really hope that we help them that this is, you know, they're struggling right now. And Benjamin Watson is such a powerful voice and attractive to people. We want to build fundraisers around these organizations for those organizations. So if you go to movie2movement.com, email us. We can help get you your your movie event as well. Great stuff. Good to see you, my friend. Take care. God bless. All right. Keep us updated on the movie. You bet. Thank you. Coming up in hour number two, we will get into some, uh, some fake news or not. And... And then I'm going to throw down my, uh, my, my modest proposal. I'm guessing that my two luminaries here with me in the studio are not going to be fans of, just guessing, but we'll discuss that. But I think that was an important distinction that Jason drew there between um, lowering ourselves to the standards of the spirit of the age. Like we're, we're being presented a false choice. And that's, that's really what this, the only thing this world can provide. And, and Christianity is nothing else if not a rebuke of, of, of the false choices of this world. But the false choices be, a, be an amoeba and just get rolled over or um, essentially become like that which you're against. And as Jason, I think, provided a worthy reminder that Christianity off, often offers a third way in response to those false choices. We'll come back with our two in a moment. Back here with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre, 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. 
at Steve Dace Show, and you can go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace. That's where you can find clips of this show that you can sample for yourself for free and then share with others. If you can help us to get the word out, you can subscribe to that YouTube page. And we're at Steve Dace, all one word, on Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R, uh, the new app that's the competitor to Twitter from the right, where we're all going to be probably in a matter of weeks, if not months, once we're all banned. Okay? So get your screen name there now, at Parler. Uh, is or Parlor is the app at Steve Dace on Parlor is where you can find me. If you are a podcast listener, um, I would suggest that you please, or maybe I'd even beg that you would give us a five star review and hit the subscribe button, please. Because the more of you that do those two things, it helps the podcast to grow all the more. It pleases our benevolent overlords at the Blaze. Thank you to the thousands of you that have done those two things for us already. Brand new sponsor here on the show for fake news or not, Omega XL, backed by 35 years of clinical research, 35 years, whether it's back, knees, neck, or shoulder pain, the underlying cause is almost always inflammation, and you want to defeat that inflammation so it does not cause permanent damage. That's where Omega XL comes in. Backed by 35 years of clinical research, it attacks the inflammation that's causing your pain. I made it a part of my post-workout regimen in the last few weeks. Pain relievers, topical rubs, they just mask the problem. But Omega XL neutralizes the inflammation that causes the painful stiff joints and muscles. Where I really decided to give this a shot is uh, some of the recent flying I was doing. I forgot, okay? Uh, when I when I took my trip to Texas, I'm like, oh man, all the um, the exit row seats are available. All that extra leg room, right? Okay. Well, that's great. The compensation for that is those seats are narrower. All right, so I've got all this extra leg room, but now I've got this seat like right on my hip flexor. Dude, this is the problems you have when you're 46 years old. Don't look at me like that, Erz, and I don't want to hear that from you, dude. You're older than me. All right. There's a lot of salt. Todd is older than he you? is older than me. I, there's 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 a there's Holy a lot of bleep. There's a lot of salt in that uh, beard over there, ZZ Top. So don't give me that look. All right. Don't tell me like you ain't tracking with where I'm going right now. All right. I got my aches and pains. I went camping this weekend. Yep. And man, I just I could not. No stretches. Nothing. I could not get my hip flexor to get back in alignment. All right. So I started taking Omega XL. Took a while, about a week. And all that inflammation is back to manageable levels. It's gone. I'm moving better than I was before. All right. So if you want to get started with Omega XL, you can order it right now and get a second bottle for free. If you visit Omega XL, Omega XL.com slash Steve, Omega XL.com slash Steve is where you can go or you can give, you can give them a call at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. 4888, that's the number. Uh, OmegaXL.com slash Steve is the website. I mean, this is what happens when you start hitting the age rat right now. Like, I got a text from my wife before the show, all right? And she was, I have not been to Costco in like almost two months now. And it's not even the mask thing because I've had to travel, so I've been wearing a mask. I'm used to, I'm kind of used to it now, but it's that there's no samples or anything out, so a lot of the fun is taken away from going, right? You know, now it's just another store, okay? But my wife sent me a text. Uh, she was at Costco right before we went on the air. She just left. She goes, I got something that's going to get you all hot. I'm like, I'm down, okay? 
much. Like cleaning wipes are back at Costco. See? When you're our age, man. Right? I know. That's the stuff you're like. That like changed the whole trajectory of my day now. The boxes you check get a little different. Yeah, a lot a lot lamer. You can go we can go different if you'd like. I'm thinking lame. I wanted you to say it. Difference okay too. If you Own want to it. salvage whatever shred of dignity we have left. What is it? Name it and claim it? Is this what we've done? Yes, yes. All right, so here's how fake news or not works for those of you that are new to the show. No, you're not gonna sit here and watch us point out why Rachel Maddow is wrong. Everybody else does that. And if I have to tell you that, then, you know, uh, you failed conservative media 101. I'm not here to just pick on the low-lying fruit. No, I'm far more interested on this show. Our concern is if the people that are supposed to be telling us the truth here in the cold American civil war, those that the people, the platforms that represent what is left of America, are they on the up and up? So we're fact-checking our own side. That's what we do. If that's not the most Steve Day show thing ever, fact-checking the people who claim to agree with us, I don't know what is. If we can't, can we get? If we we can't get any more on brand than that, can we? No. That is as on brand as this show gets. All right. So let's begin with clip number one from the Vice President of the United States. Our president has also defended religious liberty from the first day of this administration. We restored enforcement of the nation's conscience laws. We ended enforcement of the Johnson Amendment so the freedom of speech does not end at the front door of houses of worship in America. And like no other president in American history, President Donald Trump has stood without apology for the sanctity of human life. Fake news or not? All of it fake news. He's moving his mouth. It's because of people like him that we got Donald Trump in the first place. That's the irony of all this. I mean, it's... I'm... I have nothing left I mean, everything he crowd. says there is factually true. They did it, do all those things. It's... Here we... And we have no country. And we have no country because of men like that. Aaron, what do you think? Uh, it's true news, but it's a very, 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 very low bar. Very low bar. I mean, like, subterranean low bar. Because most of the time before Trump came along, what the GOP on a federal level would do in anything involving the life issue is that little chuckle from Mike Braun that we heard from that Tucker Carlson mm-hmm. segment uh, at the beginning of the show. That was what we got at least now we've got a guy who, despite, or maybe we're not following through as much as we would like to or being as aggressive as we would like, at least he's talking to and not acting embarrassed, not acting embarrassed about the pro-lifers in his base. I would have said a month ago, it, all that's real news and why I'm pretty convinced come November I'm, I'm voting for Donald Trump. Okay. The problem is, after what's transpired at the court over the last couple of weeks, it, that's just not good enough. Exactly. Yeah. It's just not good enough. I, yeah. I, I, it's better, it, 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 and this is where we feel stuck. It is, Aaron is correct. It is unquestionably way better than what we have ever gotten before. 
or at least in in Aaron's lifetime, which you know is is he's he's only lived in a post Reagan era. It's better than anybody we've gotten anything we've gotten from anybody whose last name is Bush that made it to the White House or Mitt uh, Mitt McCain who tried to and failed. Can I at least get you to agree with that, Todd? No, I have no problem. It's unquestionably with that. better than that. Okay, all right. The problem we run into though is when the courts tell you, I don't care. What do we do then? I mean, folks, the Emancipation Proclamation was Abraham Lincoln effectively issuing an executive order to countermand the Dred Scott precedent from the U.S. Supreme Court. I mean, that's, that's what it's going to take. And so this is where we run afoul with our own audience sometimes because everything he says there, the pre- vice president says, is 100% factually accurate. But the question is, though, does it become good enough in light of what we're really up against, right? That's yeah. the debate. That's, that's the debate. All right. Next, Mike Huckabee with some interesting analysis. I, I think the only person who can defeat Donald Trump is Donald Trump. And, and I say that... His, his message is the right one, but the matter in which he says it becomes critically important. We're in very tense times, and there needs to be that calming voice of reassurance. He can do that. He's done it before. Uh, and that's the balance he's got to strike. It's not too late. So there's a, an old friend of mine who knows a thing or two about um, uh, Glib and... Being winsome, the old D.L. Moody line, when you're winsome, you win some, right, Aaron? Mm-hmm. And so he's urging Donald Trump to adopt uh, some of those notions. Is that fake news or not? What do you think? Sometimes a voice of reassurance um, sounds a little bit more like that. Crushing those who are breaking the law, who are impeding and pillaging the constitutional rights of others. We just heard, if you were listening, uh, our Blaze Radio audience, I think it was the last break or maybe the break before, we heard a, we heard a, a, a promo from the Conservative Review podcast with Daniel Horowitz talking about how if these local areas don't want to enforce the rules and the laws of the land themselves, then it is every right of the federal government, i.e. the chief executive of the federal government, that'd be the president, to enforce those laws because they're not being taken care of at the local level. Sometimes that's what reassurance looks like mm-hmm. and sounds like. And this is this is old. It, you know, it, it, it doesn't really surprise me coming from Mike Huckabee. Uh, this is the old false dichotomy that we that we have to push back on and kind of struggle through sometimes about how, well, you know, what does love actually look like? Uh, love looks pretty harsh sometimes. You know, and this is the same type of thing. Reassurance doesn't mean a, a calm, cool, and collected voice uh, necessarily. It can mean uh, dragging the Antifa terrorists through the streets or walking them, marching them through the streets chained up. That's what reassurance looks like. And we don't see a heck of a lot of that right now. What do you think, Todd? The only part I agree with is that it's not too late, but that's just because these times are so chaotic it's i i can see donald trump still winning this thing i so can i but but uh, but not because of the rest of what he talks about it's it's he, he can he can still do this he can he he's clearly can't 
it's not within him, and I'm not going to allow myself to wish that it is within him to seize the moment on his own to redirect himself. It'll have to totally be stage managed. He's not his own man when it comes for these times. I also disagree with Mike that I, I don't I don't think um, the pastoral glibness that Huckabee is so gifted with. First of all, I just that's not who Trump is. I think it would come across as so rehearsed and so contrived. Um, it would be, you know, remember when Rick Perry kept changing his look, his 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 look. Oh yeah, glasses. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. It would it would it would it would look like that. I, I think Aaron, you nailed it. Where I do agree with Mike is, as you said, Todd, it's not too late. But I agree with Mike that the country wants a reassuring voice. I, but I think I think I think the majority of this country made their peace with the fact. Donald Trump ain't Daniel Webster or FTR doing fireside chats a long time ago, right? Yeah. Okay. If that extent, was the case, yeah. he wouldn't be president of the United States. If, if people had not made, not made, if a lot of people had not made their peace with the fact, this is not the guy that gives you the stirring talk that historians quote from for the next century. All right, that's not who he is. If, if they, people had made their peace with that, he wouldn't have gotten elected in the first place, okay? What, what, how he can reassure people and it's not even talking about his ties at his rally. If if the prisons are full with Antifa thugs, people don't care if Donald Trump, man, if, if he's doing jello shots off his ties at his rallies. They don't care. Well, we want to know what, what color of tie, what brand of tie he's wearing so we can all wear them as That's well. That's exactly right. The reassurance comes from, do your damn job. I'm, I'm reassured of the fact that... Um, you, you treated these uh, terrorists and insurgents as we should. That I found, I find that reassuring. That that I have my country back. That my I can take my kids to the amusement park and the zoo and the movies and the park again. That that I'm you know I can go to my kids' high school, my kids' little league game again. I'm I'm reassured by that. And and if you can do that, then I don't really care if you're silver tongued or parcel tongued. I don't care. I just do your job. I think I think that's the reassuring voice. I think I think they want reassuring leadership. That's what I think they want. Reassuring action. Let's get to the next clip here. Panic porn because orange man bad. How would the media be covering it if President Obama was off in office and not President Trump? Because the media has really sensationalized the coronavirus pandemic and, and they've really led with fear-based coverage as opposed to fact-based coverage. And so, and, and we also know if you look at the serological studies that were previously done, we've always known that we have been missing a significant portion of asymptomatic and mild cases. So it makes sense that the more testing that we're doing, that we're going to start capturing uh, more of those cases that we were previously missing. So this is a programming note. Be prepared to see more of her. She's one of my new favorite Twitter follows and she's a total smoke show. So you put those two things together and I'm kind of hooked right now. Right. But um, fake news or not, Todd, what do you think? Well, the first part is I think there's the most salient part is would the media be covering this differently? Asked and answered. Exactly. Now, I don't know necessarily, though. I have a little bit different take. They would be covering it differently, but the outcomes wouldn't necessarily in all things be drastically 
different. These are chaotic minds we're dealing with that are very proud of themselves. So would we would we still have had lockdowns? Would we still have mass controversies? And I, I can't say for sure on any one of those variables. We had that, Steve, you and I months ago mm-hmm. off air in the bathroom just thinking out loud are we are we sure there would have been tanks in the streets or would it have been just wide open and could it have gone back and forth again we're, we're back here doing lockdowns again at, simultaneously while there's gay rights protests in the streets black lives matter riots in the streets i can't say for sure but would the press absolutely be covering this differently yes Aaron, what do you think? So, I think it all depends upon what what sort of power grab uh, a President Obama or a Democrat president was not able to accomplish up to that point in his presidency, Correct. and what you know, and what they wanted to actually accomplish. For instance, let's just say that there's some sort of legislation that a president really wants to get through, a Barack Obama really wants to get through, the next the next Democrat progressive president really, really wants to get true, uh, through to change the, the name of the United States to the, um, the United States of Marxism. And there's just not enough support, not enough support, not enough support. We've been dealing with this uh, outbreak of this virus here. Um, I need my friends in the media to whip everybody up in a lather and so we can actually make this name change with emergency legend. You get what I'm saying here? So it just depends on whatever they needed to accomplish yeah, exactly. at any given time. Now, in this particular instance, uh, if the economy was where it was at this point in an election year, hell no. Heck No. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have done what they they uh, had done. They wouldn't. They wouldn't cover this the way it's being covered and has been covered. So it just all depends. So I'm, I'm more at an or right now. When we had this conversation, it was about if Hillary had won. Right. Okay. I think Barack Obama is not as easy to pin down because I think he's more of a true believer than anybody with the last name Clinton. I think Hillary Clinton's more of a true believer than Bill Clinton is, but I think in the end, as you have seen throughout the course of her life, her political life, starting with the decision to marry a guy in order to latch on to him to get places she could not get to on her own and then put up with him all these years and what he put her through because, again, she couldn't do these things without him, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. In the end, Hillary Clinton makes the best selfish choice for Hillary Clinton. Barack Obama's ego is fed differently. And I, I, I see Barack Obama as a, in a way as an alter ego of myself. And that Barack Obama's ego is fed by winning the argument more so than the, a personal brand. Meaning that he, he is not, he's interested in doing things with the power that he has, not just being somebody. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And so I think if Obama was president, I, I think it would look if Hillary was president, I don't believe there'd ever be a lockdown in a million years. In an election year, she'd blow up 40 million unemployed in an election year. No. If Hillary was president, dude, we'd have internment camps. Anybody even looked like they, anybody had spent the night once in China, okay? And they would be the nicest internment camps you've ever had. And Don Lemon would be on CNN tonight saying, tough but fair, you got it coming. I mean, you can't start a country down, guys. If, if, if Hillary was president, the links that we would have gone to to salvage her presidency and that it would have been permitted by many of the same forces that don't want to let Donald Trump act on those instincts now. Yes. Barack Obama, I think, is a little more complicated. 
because I think you're dealing with more of a crusader. I think Hillary Clinton is a crusader who thinks she who is a gangster who thinks she's a crusader. For those of you that don't know, we should reset this show one day. We should make this an evergreen show that we throw in one day. One of my oldest bits ever on politics, that everybody in politics is a crusader, a gangster, or a groupie. Everybody is. Everybody's one of those three things, okay? Barack Obama is a crusader. He wants to win an argument with history. Hillary Clinton thinks she does, but in the end, Hillary Clinton wants to promote Hillary Clinton. That's why people see through her all the time. And she, she has, same act as her husband. She just has all of his negatives and none of his positives, none of his charm, right? Barack Obama, though, throwing the old Rahm Emanuel, never let a good crisis go to waste. That goes to what you're alluding to, Aaron, right? Mm, yep. Okay. So what I think likely would have happened is we would have been on a, a trajectory very similar to what you would have seen in the rest of Europe. Okay. I think yeah. you would have seen an instantaneous and draconian lockdown right away. And then eventually they would set the terms for what opening it up are. And I think we'd be on a, I think you'd, it'd look a lot like what Germany looks like. The UK looks like. That's what I think it would look like. But, yeah. that, but that would be my well, best guess. So you're, okay? you're very much answering it the same way I did. Could I see Barack Obama going full Sweden? No. I couldn't see that. Huh? Well, I, I could see him... I could see him going full Sweden, and then the press, which has been doing everything. The the, the point of my thesis is I could see Hillary Clinton or, doing or full Hillary, Sweden. Or Hillary, pick yeah. Hillary Clinton, whichever yeah. one did it. The press, which has been would cover Sweden, for them. What? Oh, I agree oh, with that. Sweden, yeah. hey, yeah. awesome. I, I, Barack Obama, I think, would be all in on the new vaccine. Everything, nothing with a vac, without a vac. Uh, he'd be all in on that. Could I see Hillary Clinton going full Sweden to save her ass, and then the media covering her? You bet your sweet bippy, I could. Yeah. Uh, Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar defending the administration is our next clip. Let me start with just a simple first question. Why are we failing uh, in the fight against COVID-19 when so much of the rest of the world seems to be succeeding right now? Well, Chuck, let's talk about what we know, which is that we're seeing surging in cases in counties, especially in in the southern parts of the United States. Um, We've gotten reports from our governors that the majority of the positive cases we're seeing are age 35 and under. A large number of those are going to be asymptomatic. Uh, We've got our fatality rates and our hospitalization rates are the lowest they've been in two months. But this is a very serious situation. So you think as a as a. What is that that messaging? Are there no men? I'm confused by. Can you guys tell me what that means? What that freaking question? Why is the United States failing when everybody else? Where is the pushback with maximum prejudice? There. Yeah, I know. I mean, my response would have been Chuck used to Todd. Um, you know what? I, literally everything. The whole premise of that question is dumb. Where is the? Because literally the information that he shares is a complete repudiation of the premise of that stupid question. But then he I, affirms it in his last statement he, and he says, but this but is this a is very serious, serious situation. I, well, which is it then? Which is it? It's fake I'm news. Back, yeah. I'm back to my exact same answer as I had with Pence. It's the exact same thing. Why are you going on that show? You know you're going to get a smart thing. I was actually thing. going to say that. Why are you even talking? Yeah, you're to not. Me? Yeah, and you're not prepared to weaponize uh, the opportunity appropriately. That's a great word. That's the so, only reason to do it. If you're not going to weaponize the opportunity, oh, that's really well said, Todd. There's no point going there if you're not going to weaponize the opportunity. Even when I was an advocate of us going on these shows, and I did it for many years, including with Chuck Todd, we would even discuss when I would before I would have make tell him a yes. What would we discuss amongst ourselves? Is there 
there a way for me to turn this opportunity in, into a platform for what I yes. want to say, or am I going to be used by them? And if I thought I was going to be used by them, my answer was what? No. no. But if I could go on there to say what I wanted to say, to, to, to as you put it, weaponize their platform, then I'm going to do it, right? right? If you're not going to weaponize the platform, you're so right, Todd. There's no point in talking. And do the people that listen to Chuck Todd care that everything you said there was true? No, they, no, don't, they don't care. This is... Steve's told you a lot about show votes before. That's all that was. That was just a show vote, just like it was with Mike Pence going up there and saying, yeah, those things are true. We've done those things uh, regarding the life movement. We're still opening up the gas chambers, lighting up the pyres. Millions of babies are dying. You, what? Uh, somebody asked me today. Actually, I'm going to give it to you. The Sean Connery. Haven't heard it in a while. What are you prepared to do? Because what you're doing is not enough. Oh, man, if that made Todd mad, he's going to love this next clip. We started with Mike Pence. We end there. Here we go. Uh, one of the things that we've heard uh, in Texas and Florida in particular uh, is that uh, nearly half of those who are testing positive are Americans under the age of 35. That's contributing to the fact that, that those that are requiring to be hospitalized who are testing positive for coronavirus is significantly lower than it was two months ago. And so we, we really believe that, that uh, what, what is happening here is a combination of increased testing. Uh, we're able to test a great deal more Americans than we were able to several months ago. But it also may be indication that as we're opening our economy up, that, that younger Americans have, uh, have been congregating uh, in ways that uh, may have disregarded the guidance that we gave on the federal level for all the phases of reopening. And I think that's why you see several governors taking action to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, 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 uh, to essentially try and, and, and prevent further increases in those new cases. I told you in March, we got the best possible pandemic we could have hoped for based on and a, guy, a really smart guy that we had on the show from Stanford, Dr. Scott Atlas. Why do we keep casting aside all of history's understanding of virology to pretend Ooh, there's so much we still don't know. He's just, he's taking uh, the back of the Republican governors now. He's offering them interference now. Yep. It's, 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 yep. it's the young people. They're, it's, they're the only ones who actually know what they're doing. This, all the data points to the fact that this thing is almost certainly worse than it would have been had we kept the young as the front line of defense that's exactly right biologically i'm not i'm talking science this is how viruses work including my kids would have kept them in school without even thinking twice they don't get sick they also everybody but yes i know they don't get sick but they share they're no they not, don't they're not vectors for the virus no yep. they don't and all of you fools on sports radio and people who happen to be vice president of the united states who keep saying it Either you're dumb or you're a liar. And I can't provide you any other outs to that at this point. This is not March anymore. You ever had a cold? Chances are you've had a coronavirus. Yep. Because that's what most colds are. Yep. It's coronaviruses. Aaron, fake news or not? 
Oh, it's totally fake news. I mean, you're you're affirming all of the absolute worst, worst, wicked premises of the entire pandemic saga. Not Mike. Not a good day for Mike Pence. Not a good day. I mean, we have the power to turn on and turn off and open up and close down the economy. Closing down works. It's the young people. I, I. just flaccid, flaccid. You know, that's a good word. Just, See, I think it's real news. I, I think, I think you just remember this is his yeah, task force. Yeah. He appointed it. Yeah. He runs it. I think you finally are gotten some answers. We've been mystified, right? This is all why. this data. What, what are they doing in there? What's going on? You're beginning to get some, and it's why I'm not a Jared Kushner guy, but I'm also not like he's an easy target as a shadow enemy to blame everything on it's got to be more than that it, to me that's that's real news you just got a window to the yeah. soul of the inner dialogue of what they're saying in there when we're not around amongst one another and 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 you know what what you sow what what you know what you what you bind in there and lo- and <laughs> bind in there you will loose out here right do that in there for you brother All thank right. you stay tuned Why do we take so many supplements? Why is this an exploding market? Well, because a lot of the stuff that is in those supplements was supposed to be in our food, but it got taken out so that it could be mass produced and mass consumed and then have a long shelf life so everybody could make more money off the deal and it would cost us less at the same time. Although we end up paying on the back end by putting all those antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, nutrients, prebiotics, probiotics, uh, omega oils. We, we end up paying on the back end because, yeah, the food was cheaper, but now we got to go buy supplements for taking all that stuff out of the food. So we didn't save any money, actually. All right. Well, the same thing happens with our pet's food as well, particularly if you're using that dry dog food that your dog loves. Hey, that's probably been stripped of all the good stuff too. And that's where Rough Greens comes in. It is not a new dog food, but a premium dog food supplement that put, you put, it's a powder you put right in your dog's food that apparently tastes great because our dog cap absolutely loves it. And it's jam packed with the things that your dog needs because it needs a lot of the same uh, nutrition that, that we need as well. And you can right now try the 14 day rough greens jumpstart for just 1495 right now and see the difference in your dog in 14 days or less. Go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's roughgreens.com slash blaze. R U F F is how they spell it for roughgreens.com slash blaze. So let's discuss masks. Now, I first broached, maybe you guys will remember this, uh, on this show, gosh, more than two months ago now. And I want to say it was during uh, the Dace Group Roundtable, our friend Shannon Joy was on that day. And I broached that, what if the cost of getting your country back is masks? Do you remember that? Yeah. I mean, I had that conversation really early in this whole debate, okay? Now... I, I want to stipulate to some things on masks. I under, I, I trust me, I've read all, I've read, not read it all, I shouldn't say that. I've read a lot of data on this. And so I, I'm well aware of the fact, and yes, I know what the WHO said about masks in January. I, 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 there's nothing you're going to probably send me I don't know, okay? We even had the clip in, and it's not because there's not, nothing that I don't know about this. It's just, it would be like in really complicated 
densely worded medical journals that none of us are qualified to read. All right, I'm talking like layman stuff, okay? I've, I've, I've studied a lot of the data on this on both sides. I've not been as militantly anti-mask as you guys have been. Um, I'm militant uh, stupidity and virtue against stupidity and virtue signaling, right? Like I think I even said on this show last week, if they would have came to us in February and said, hey guys, We've got a novel coronavirus. It's not like the cold viruses you typically get. This thing looks to be, uh, have mutated in ways we haven't seen. And, you know, just for now, it, it, particularly as we get through the, the flu and pneumonia season this winter, we're going to ask the country to wear masks pretty much everywhere you go out and about. If they would have told us that in February, would you have been, would you be as resistant to it as you probably are right now? Not at that time. No. I would have entertained it for a couple of weeks. Absolutely. I wouldn't have been probably resistant to it at all. Um, but now it, we know they were either lying then yeah, or they're Fauci, lying to Fauci, us now. Fauci admits he lied to you in March. Yeah, he, he admits that he lied to you in March because they they weren't sure that they had the supply of the mask that Aaron showed you. That's like the one you have to wear, like the cloth mask the bandanas you're wearing are doing nothing for nobody. Okay, um, except making you feel good. Yeah, that's a total virtue signal. So I'm not talking about so I'm not talking about those masks, your bandanas. I saw all kinds of those when I was in Southern California a couple weeks ago. Those aren't helping you or anybody else. They're just doing nothing. That's a total virtue signal. Unless you're robbing a bank, that, that's a total virtue signal. That doesn't do anything for you. All right. I also understand that the 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 method behind the mask. I, I know that the microbes are too small for these masks to protect you to have it from getting in. I know the other side of the argument, though, is not it, it, it's not to stop you from getting sick, but from stopping you from infecting others. And I think we need to remember that that's their argument, okay? That a lot of times we have this argument like, hey, that mask isn't going to save you, right? But we're arguing a different point that the pro-mask side is, is normally arguing. They're normally arguing, they're not, or they're not normally arguing that the mask will save you. It'll save somebody else from you. I think that's an important point. All right. If we're going to debate the other side of the issue, let's at least actually debate what their point is. We, we don't like it when they take us out of context, right? They're basically saying yes. everybody is a surgeon doing yes. surgery and that's why they wear it. Yes. If they cough. Yes. They, so that's what. Yes. Yes. Okay. So if we're going to argue against their point, let's actually argue against their point. They're not, they're not saying the mask prevents you from getting coronavirus. It prevents you from asymptomatically sending it to somebody else. Okay? Which, of course, brings in the whole debate about how dangerous is really asymptomatic spread. Yes, it does. All right? Because to me, that's the real debate. And that goes back to the conversation we had with Scott Atlas two, three months ago on the show about the laws of virology. Right? I mean, why, do you, why are they taking your temperature wherever you go? Because a fever is a sign of what? You're symptomatic, which means you are what? Sick. You're sick, which means you can you are also contagious. You're far more likely to yeah. be contagious. So I've gotten a couple of emails about this recently. Um, this is from Caleb Fields, who says, I live in Oregon. Uh, Queen Kate, our corrupt governor here, has issued an edict statewide that Oregonians must wear masks while at indoor events at all times. My family church initially was not going to require masks for attendance, but now the church is requiring them due to this edict. What do you think the church should do? Um, should we refuse to comply? I am on record as saying, by my research and how I am governing my own family, 
I don't think anything outdoors should be banned anywhere. Nor do I think wearing a mask outdoors, particularly in the summertime, is of any benefit at all. Why? Because that thing's going to get hot. You're going to get hot, which means you're going to do what with it? Sweat? What? And then Maybe. eventually you're going to take it off. Yeah. You're going to remove it. You're to, you have to, you, the sweat gets in. You have to readjust right. it. Take it. The minute you take that off, its efficacy is toast. You know that, right? Like, let's use the surgeon analogy. If the surgeon has to, has, a, has to sneeze or something and take his mask off, does he just take the mask off, sneeze into his arm, put it right back on, and go right back into surgery? Is that what they do there? I would think not. No, they take you out of the room, man. You go out of the room. So the minute you take that, taking that thing off and on, its efficacy plummets. And if I'm sitting outside at Disney World in Florida when it's 97 degrees in July wearing a mask, I don't care how good a shape you're on. At some point, sweat's going to trickle in there and everything else. You got to take it off. Once you do that, you nullified your own mask. Indoor events, I think, are different. Climate, I'll speak for me. If our church required masks, I'd wear one and still go to church. Particularly if the message was, hey, we have some elderly here. We'd like for them to come and worship. They're not sick. We want to be, take a little bit more precautions or a little more precautions with them. I'd have no issue with that. I'm not opposed to inconveniences for the sake of loving my neighbor as I love myself. I'm opposed to stupidity and virtue signals. That's what I'm opposed to. If you have legitimate reasons for something that maybe inconveniences me, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not promised to not be inconvenienced in this life. Quite the contrary, actually, as a believer. So if it was my church, I'd wear one. Even if the church, even if our state didn't have a mandate in our church, asked that we do this so that we could come back together again as, a, as the brethren, I'd do it. Sure. Because I also think indoor climate-controlled environments are not as generally safe from spread of the virus as the outdoors and the heat are. And then I, I, I got this from, let me find this email. I lost it. Crud, where is it here? A great email from somebody in South Carolina, and I lost the email. I, I've got a joke for Todd while you look for okay. it. Hey, Todd, why do the uh, protesters only gather in odd numbers? Why do the protesters only gather in odd? I do not know, Aaron. Because they can't even. <laughs> Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Found the email. I, I, I lost the email. I might have deleted it, man. I'm sorry. But his point was we're elderly. We don't understand why this is such a big deal for our fellow conservatives here in South Carolina on a temporary basis to wear a mask just so they don't, you know, we don't want it mandated, but we don't understand why voluntarily it's a big issue. So. You know, we have a lot of retirees in a place like this. Why is it a big issue? Why is, why is it a big issue to inconvenience yourself for your neighbor? So I have a modest proposal here. Is it a virtue signal? Is it real? Does it help? Um, is it an inconvenience that would do some public good? Right? These are the various positions on this, correct? Sure. I like data. I, I like to know things. I like to know what the truth is. Even if it's not what I want to be true. Because in the end, 
the truth is its own reward. And I'm better off knowing what the truth is and then adjusting my life accordingly than living a lie and then finding out too late that I was. That's just how I roll, right? Not to mention, I have also made the point, why are we having so much consternation about bringing sports back? And they don't have this problem in Japan, South Korea, Germany, Spain, the UK. They've been playing sports for quite a while. You've been watching Bundesliga and basketball on your TV in Germany for almost two months. What's the issue? And of course, I'm immediately told that the main issue is their people are willing to do what? Wear masks. So here's my modest proposal. I think it is a more than fair compromise, and I'm, I'm totally sincere with this, by the way. This is, this is not one of my things I'm doing for effect. I, I guess, well, I am doing it for effect because I, I want to know what the truth is, but this isn't a gag. You know what I'm saying? I'm not purposefully taking the other it's side of an issue to illustrate a point here. Yeah. This is a sincere proposal. I propose that we consent for the month of July to mask. The real ones. Stupid cloth ones, the bandanas don't do anything for you. Okay. And yes, I understand that wearing masks and masks for asthmatics is not good. You know why I understand that? Because guess what I am? Asthmatic. I still use an inhaler before every workout every day. Which means I may not be able to go to some places. Again, I'm not permitted in this life to avoid inconveniences. That's, that's life. Okay? There's certain places I can't live because of my asthma. So that may mean I may have to make some sacrifices. Fine. For the month of July, we will mask in exchange for the entire country reopens as normal. Either the masks work or they don't. Either they help or they don't. Either it's a virtue signal or it's not. Here's the way that we find out. Open up the whole country. Every movie theater is open. Every restaurant is open. Every bar is open. Every zoo is open. Every pool is open. Every amusement park is open. Everything's open. In exchange, we will mask for the month of July. We will not consent to any decrees to mask without openings. Otherwise, that's just clear tyranny. And you, and it, and it, because it shows you don't believe in your own mask theory. You don't. If you're still shutting us down and, and still telling us to wear masks, then you really don't believe in the masks. You just, this is just tyranny now. Petty tyranny. Gross tyranny. But if it will really help, and all over Asia they wear masks all the time, that's true. I would imagine plenty of Europeans are showing up at events with masks as they're, as they're largely more reopened than we are. Okay. Let's find out. I'm okay with what the answer is. I think, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not a fan of wearing the mask. I mean, I've wore it several times recently to fly a couple different times. Fine. Wasn't my most favorite thing in the world, but by and large, it was just a minor inconvenience. We will consent to masks with full reopening for the month of July. If it's really true that if you don't wear a mask now, then you, then you hurt canceled football season later. The last thing America needs is another three months of nothing on TV. <laughs> Have you noticed the Netflix catalogs getting thinner? Have you noticed that? Yeah. Have you noticed the new releases on Amazon is getting uh, that? Uh, there's not, they've been stopped. They're not making stuff. 
we could all use some fun distractions, okay? So here's what I propose. We will mask in July, but everything reopens. Either you believe in your masks or you don't. Everything reopens. Churches get totally reopened. Everything reopened. No attendance caps. Reopen America in exchange we'll wear masks. And then we'll see where we're at for 30 days and whether or not it did create the environment that you told us mask wearing would. But it has to be in concert with the whole country being reopened. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Um, I'm not on board. Uh, I, it's, I, I don't uh, trust them to keep their word. Uh, I don't think uh, doing this, even if they would keep their word to ever get back to whatever normal was, is not worth going back to, quite frankly, because that normal is what brought us here. Uh, and it was a uh, throne of lies. Uh, I think to the extent that these do work at all, it's another version of a lockdown. That's how they work, which did not actually help to deal with this disease. I'm sorry, people, we want people to get it. That's the best way forward. And we're in utter denial about that. So I, I can come at this from multiple fronts. I, I, I watched the own reopening video, which was like 18 minutes long for my parish. It was like a swinging light bulb hostage video. This is, we're not going to recover from this by going down that road. I totally understand if this isn't a gimmick Steve is doing. I understand the spirit in which he's doing it. I just don't see it going to a good place. So your main motivation is wanting the truth? Yep. To what end? Well, I don't need an end to the truth. That's pragmatic thinking. I just, the truth is the end. The truth is the end. The truth is the end. Nobody wants the truth, though. Like, that's, that's my big thing here. It's like, if we proved that masks work... Um, somehow, or if there's a correlation between new cases or spread of cases and the wearing of masks, that would be one thing. But if there was no correlation, if it doesn't fit the masks, the, the mask crowds, uh, Overton window, then they are, they're not going to accept it because they're not accepting truth on anything else. Now, just in and of itself, I agree. I would like to know if they actually do work, but if this is trying to inform public policy down the road, it's pretty much uh, obvious now truth is irrelevant. Well, then just why why are we a country then? For another three seconds. We aren't. Then we shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. Can't be married to somebody like that then. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.